For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Los Angeles Clippers. Final score, 115-103. I know what you're thinking. It's a weird medium for you, Ryan. You're on YouTube now. Yes, that is true. I, Ryan Blackburn, am now on YouTube on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. We are going to be posting pickaxe and roll going forward on the Mile High Sports YouTube. Uh, Whether it gets up immediately after the game or the next morning, we haven't really decided yet how that's going to work. But if you're listening to this on the podcast side of things, I'm going to be on the YouTubes from now on. This first one is a little bit of a test. Not sure if it's going to go up on the YouTube platform or not, but at this grand stage of things, we are going to go up on YouTube, and I'm very excited about it. This is a new thing for me. I've got a really nice setup here. Got a new banner. Uh, got some some basketball uh, hardwood around me in the perimeter. Got the background behind me. Uh, I've got the pickaxe and roll logo in the top right, and I've got a banner on the bottom that says that the Denver Nuggets survived Nikola Jokic's absence to defeat the Los Angeles Clippers. What a big win. What a massive win for the Nuggets in the scheme of things where they didn't have to win this game, did they? No, absolutely not. This was a game that the Nuggets knew that if they had dropped it, it's not the end of the world. Jokic nursing a right wrist injury that's pretty sore at this stage. And in his place started DeAndre Jordan. I'm not sure anybody really had high expectations in this situation, but DeAndre Jordan filled in and every single member of the Denver Nuggets really stepped up. This was a great, great victory for Denver. And we've got to start, I think, with Jamal Murray, who is in this position. And probably the biggest difference, I would say, between the Denver Nuggets then and the Denver Nuggets now, you are hoping for a much better showing from Jamal Murray in these games. 39 minutes as I'm starting to manufacture uh, banners on the bottom. You're now seeing this on the YouTube side. If you're listening on the podcast side, then you're wondering what the hell's going on. 39 minutes, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 17 from 3. This was a great Jamal Murray performance, but it wasn't just because of the numbers, right? He's in this situation without his major running mate. And this is the major difference between last year and this year, I would say where you had Monte Morris kind of running the show, as opposed to Murray, who could go off for performances like this that are kind of modest. But in the grand scheme of things, he was in control. 
He was controlling what the Nuggets were doing. He was making sure that the Nuggets were in their sets. And he matched Kawhi Leonard, who on the other side had a good game of his own. Maybe not his best game. Maybe not his best game. Maybe not the best performance that he's ever had. But for Jamal Murray to be able to do this, to go on the road in this situation, following a rolled ankle, he even rolled it a little bit again tonight, and he still made it work. He was getting pressured all night by Nicholas Batum, going full court, doing everything that Nicholas Batum could to disrupt what Jamal Murray was doing. And Murray stayed the course. He absolutely didn't have to. He could have he could have crumbled in this situation, but that's just not what Jamal Murray does, right? He is always on his game, doing what it needs to do, doing what he needs to do, what the situation needs in order to win. That's how he's been his entire career with these nuggets. And he's finally starting to get to that place, both physically and mentally, where I think he's ready for it. I think he's ready for this moment. And this is a great on or kind of a great preview, is what I mean, of what the Nuggets are looking for in these minutes without Nikola Jokic in the playoffs. We'll talk about that a little bit in the third segment, but just a great performance from Jamal, who hit step back jumpers, who drove to the rim, who found his way into some assists. And honestly, the eight rebounds that led the team. That was a great, great all around performance from him. And it stands out when Denver needed him most in the face of Nikola Jokic's absence. He stepped up and shined like he always does. Michael Porter, another player that I think Nuggets fans were interested to see how he was going to do. Michael Porter in his minutes, 32 minutes, 22 points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, and What really stands out about Porter's night this game, he was asked to do some important things. He was asked to be a defensive guy in a lot of different situations. There were some moments where he was at the top of the zone when the Denver Nuggets ran a 1-2-2 zone in the fourth quarter. And Porter was the guy at the top of it, using his length, using his athletic ability, his athleticism to be a disruptor. And I thought that Denver was pretty successful when they went to zone. It didn't look like the Clippers were able to really break that. They didn't have a great situation for them. And it was nice to see a different way for Porter to really get involved and to impact the game. But what stands out even beyond that, the drives to the rim. And even though the shot wasn't falling tonight, he only went two of eight from three. He was attacking the rim very consistently. 9 of 17 from the field tonight, and this is one of those performances that you're going to look back at and say, hey, he looks athletic. He looks healthy. He took some falls tonight. He didn't play with the tentativeness that I think a lot of people have come to see from him, and that is a great sign in my mind. It's one of those things where he's finding ways to be impactful that are different from where he was at the beginning of the season, where not as not not throwing his body around as much. Now he's doing it a little bit more, and he's gotten hard. He's gone hard to the ground a couple of times, and he has still made that work. Really exciting to see from Michael Porter, and honestly, the plays that he made in the fourth quarter, uh, pressure release. Jamal Murray gets doubled at the top of the key. 
or maybe on the on the wing in some cases. And Porter is the guy who has to create something in those situations. Usually in that case, it's a four on three where Murray gets the ball up top. He's double teamed and then he finds the outlet and Porter is supposed to get downhill. It didn't exactly work out that way, but Porter still found ways to score. He still found ways to take advantage of an advantageous situation. The first time he went one-on-one against Marcus Morris and did very well. The second time he got to the rack, missed the missed the shot, but got the offensive rebound, and then got fouled in the process. This was great. This was a great thing to see from Michael Porter. He's one of those guys that you know needs to step up in situations where Nikola Jokic is out. And again, kind of like with Murray, actually exactly like with Murray, he had to step up and Denver just wasn't in a situation where they could have that last year. So this is why the year feels just a little bit different to me. At least uh, it should feel a little bit different to just about everybody at this point. Aaron Gordon defended Kawhi Leonard all night. Denver went zone a little bit, but for the most part, it was Aaron Gordon who was shadowing Kawhi Leonard. And he, along with KCP and DeAndre Jordan, had some big minutes in this game. It was really nice to see. Really nice to see for KCP, for Aaron Gordon, for DeAndre Jordan. But all of those guys stepped up when Denver needed them most. Uh, DeAndre Jordan only played the first three quarters, but Aaron Gordon, KCP, they played big minutes into the fourth as well. And Aaron Gordon in particular, just super, super efficient. Hitting the three with much more consistency than I think anybody thought that he could. And he looked a lot like Kawhi, if we're being honest. He was hitting dribble jumpers. He was getting to the rim. He was finishing over the top of people. He was finishing around people. He was grabbing rebounds. He was passing. He was doing just about everything. Pretty sure he finished with 17-5-5. Yep, that's right. Had three turnovers, but he led the team or tied for the team lead in plus-minus at plus 16. Uh, Murray was only plus three. He staggered with the bench a little bit more. DeAndre Jordan was a plus eight. KCP plus 16. Porter plus 13. Aaron Gordon plus 16 in his 32 minutes in an 11 point or a 12 point win. That's such a big deal. It is such a big deal to be able to go for that and to go six of eight from the field and two of three from three. The last three that he attempted also was one where he knew it was going in and turned around before it even hit bottom. He is in a great place, and if you ask me who deserves to be the all-star between him and Jamal Murray, uh, next to Nikola Jokic, of course, I don't really know who to tell. I don't really know what to tell people because I think they play two different roles, but those roles are so important for what the Nuggets are doing. I think Gordon has played that role just a little bit more efficiently and effectively than Murray, but Murray's role is just more important to what Denver's doing. So, that's an interesting battle for sure. Not not really battle because whoever gets the nod, like it's just such a big deal for Denver. They would never be in this position if they weren't winning the way that they were. And now that they are, it's just really nice to see Denver reap the benefits of that. Aaron Gordon doing what he does. He was brought on for this exact matchup. And it is not lost on me that Aaron Gordon finished plus 16. Kawhi Leonard finished minus 15 in this game. That's a really big deal. 
KCP, as I mentioned, very efficient. Also, plus 16 in this game. Scored 14 points, 31 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. And just extremely effective in every aspect. Two rebounds, two assists, two steals, one block. Very impactful. Uh, Had a couple jumpers off the dribble when Denver's offense got a little bit static. Had a couple of plays in transition. Had a couple of defensive plays that really stand out when you are trying to match up with a team like the Clippers, whether it's a strip block, a strip steal, or it's just one of those plays where he deflects a pass that you didn't even really think that he could get to. He's just such a great fit. And it's nice to see that it's not just because of Jokic that KCP is able to have games like this. He's a pro. And working off of DeAndre Jordan at times, working off of Zeke Naji at times, he was able to find various ways to be impactful throughout the entire night. And to see him consistently do that in this particular matchup is really, really exciting. The previous game against the Clippers, KCP really shut down Paul George. That was one of Paul George's last games before he went out with a hamstring strain. So maybe that was bothering PG a little bit. But honestly, KCP deserves a lot of credit for his ability to match up with various Clippers, switch on to Kawhi Leonard if need be, switch on to basically whoever on that team, and just make it work. Make it make it happen. He's that kind of dude, and so glad that he's a nugget. Then finally, DeAndre Jordan deserves a ton of credit for his ability to step up. Three assists tonight in the face of Nikola Jokic's absence, lack of passing. DeAndre Jordan fills the void a little bit. Had a nice back back up to KCP uh, in the second quarter, I believe. And there were just some plays where DeAndre Jordan facilitating the offense a little bit. It's not just DHO stuff. It's not just uh, him handing the ball off to somebody and that player hitting a shot. It was more than that. And DeAndre Jordan deserves credit. He hadn't been playing a ton. Plays 26 minutes tonight. Played the the first 11 minutes of the game. And was a big reason why Denver was still in it. And he wasn't perfect. I'm not going to say that he was, but he was a part of what made Denver good. And to be plus eight in this particular game, I think that was what it was. Yeah, plus eight. To be plus eight in this game against the Clippers where they usually play bigs off the floor, that's a big deal to me. That's a really, really big deal. Good veteran stuff from DJ. Uh, Threw down an alley-oop, grabbed rebounds, uh, did some good passing. Just did a little bit of everything that the Nuggets needed from him. Maybe a little bit more rim protection at the beginning of the game would have been nice, but if that's the only thing I've really got to complain about... It's a pretty successful night for DJ. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, the bench unit and everything that they were able to accomplish in this one. But first, as you know, this podcast is brought to us by our friends at Superbook Sports. We've got the little box in the corner for those that are uh, watching the YouTube bit. But for now, let's talk about Superbook. Add them to your New Year's resolutions, win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook is over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, and you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds boosts and promotions at Superbook.com. 
Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back at Big Axe and Roll. Back, Big Axe and Roll, Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's now talk about the bench lineup that the Nuggets were putting out there tonight. Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Vlaco Chanchar, Zeke Naji. All of those guys provided their own little details, their own little bits that they could help out with during this game. And it was nice to see that every single player was playable. That it was, it didn't really just come down to okay, this guy couldn't really hang in this situation. This guy couldn't provide anything for the Nuggets in this situation. It's a little bit different than that. And it was nice to see Bones Highland in particular. Even though he had a really bad shooting night, I thought that Bones did some good things in terms of setting up the offense, getting it moving, not letting it stick in his hands too much. I thought that the ball found him a lot, and that was great, but he didn't turn the ball over was a plus one in this game. And even though he went three of 12 from the field, one of six from three, he deserves credit for helping the offense continue to move and to keep the bench above water in those situations. I know that Murray is more of the leader on the bench at this point in those situations, but it was nice to see Bones continue to find his rhythm as well. Not necessarily from a scoring perspective because the efficiency just wasn't there. And I didn't really, didn't really stand out as bad in this game. I thought that he had better shot selection in this game. There were somewhere, okay, you get to the right corner and rather than try to take Nicholas Batum into an isolation and drive to the rim, try to sidestep three into the deep corner. That didn't really go that well, but honestly, in those situations, you're probably asking yourself for trouble by driving into traffic. So, I have to imagine that part of Denver's game plan in those situations against the Clippers, they're going to have to find more advantageous situations for Bones going forward. But he was probably not the worst. Like I thought that Vlaco didn't have a great night in general, but honestly, Bones, I thought he was fine. Two steals, wasn't really being taken advantage of defensively like in some previous matchups. They didn't really go matchup hunting against him, so maybe that's part of it. But in this particular one, I didn't feel that bad. It wasn't a tough matchup for him that badly. Jamal Murray obviously staggered with this group, had a really nice pull-up three in the fourth quarter. Denver's possession didn't really go anywhere for, I think it was at about the eight-minute mark or so. And Jamal catches the ball kind of in a congested area where Vlaco's trying to set a screen. Norman Powell is guarding Jamal Murray in this possession. And rather than switch it, Norman Powell just goes under the screen for some reason, and Jamal hits a three, just pulls up, hits a three in that situation, 27, 28 footer. And it was such a big shot because Denver, it, like it forced a timeout that Ty Lu had to call the uh, Clippers head coach. And for Ty Lu to have to call a timeout in that situation where that's a, that's a time where the Clippers, a deep team, should be able to make a run 
against the Nuggets. And for them to not be able to do that and to call a timeout instead, Denver extending the lead in that situation rather than just holding it or letting it go, it's a really, really big deal. And Jamal in those situations, I think, is taking more charge. He's finding more opportunities to get to his spots, to take advantage of his off-the-dribble game. And he's pulling up with a more consistent jumper over the course of these last few games than I think we've seen in a while. So it's really nice to see. He just looks very coordinated out there. And he looks like he's playing at his own pace, which is faster now than it was in previous games. So really good to see. Bruce Brown, super competitive in this environment. The Clippers are a team that is going to battle against them. Norman Powell's going to go at him. John Wall's going to go at him. Terrence Mann's going to go at him. And then when he's guarded Kawhi Leonard or Marcus Morris in the post or something like that, those guys are going to try to back him down too. So this is a matchup where Bruce Brown has to be competitive. I thought that those guys, uh, they took advantage of him at some points. They took advantage of his lack of size. But he got a nice contest on Marcus Morris at one point. uh, Had a nice steal against John Wall, where John Wall just made a lazy pass and Bruce Brown jumped the passing lane. Really big momentum play right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Or actually, no, it wasn't at the beginning of the fourth quarter. It was like, oh, it was right after the Jamal Murray three. That's when it was, where Murray hits the three, Ty Lue calls a timeout, and then out of the timeout, the Clippers just run a very lazy play. John Wall passes it right to the top of the key, and Bruce Brown picks it off, and generates an and one. And Denver goes from up four to up eight. No, no, no. Up two to up eight in the span of like 30 seconds of game time. So it was just such a big deal for Denver to be able to do that. And it stands out for one of the reasons that Denver won this game. They just made plays on the margins that the Clippers didn't. And Bruce Brown is a guy that makes plays on the margins. That's for sure. Three rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. Only two of seven from the field, but he got to the line five times. Was a plus seven, staggered with the team, and just played a whole bunch of different positions from point guard to shooting guard to small forward. And that's how he has to be used. And in this particular matchup where he's just going to switch everything against the Clippers, it's a really, really nice guy to have. Zeke Naji. This is an interesting one because Zeke, I thought, thought he got posterized a couple times. Actually, I know he got posterized a couple times. Definitely a situation where he has to step up, where he has to be bigger. He has to be better. And he got hit in the mouth a couple times with those posters. The first one was by Kawhi Leonard right towards the end of the third quarter. The next one was by John Wall. Only a few minutes later and... For Zeke to continue to fight, for him to continue to play hard and stay focused, he he went three of five from the free throw line, so missed a couple free throws here or there. But in general, 19 minutes for Zeke and he was a net neutral on the plus minus, that would have been a momentum moment for the Clippers. And Zeke didn't allow it to be that. He still made plays. He still set hard screens. He grabbed offensive rebounds like crazy. Six offensive rebounds for Zeke Naji. And that's absolutely something that Denver has needed. 
They have absolutely needed somebody who could just feast on the offensive glass a little bit. And if the Clippers are going to play small, you know that they are going to play in situations where guys like Robert Covington or Marcus Morris or, I don't know, Kawhi Leonard or Nicholas Batum, where those guys are the center. Zeke Nadia's got a feast in that situation. He has to be good. And for him to do that in this situation on the road against this team while getting posterized twice, that says a lot about your character. It says a lot about your drive. And honestly, Zeke's confidence. He wasn't that much, he wasn't that confident of a dude even before. And I think that's one thing where you hear through the grapevine that maybe that's some place that he has to work through, some uh, skill set that he has to work through. And he's gotten better. And that's called development. He's 22 now. Before, maybe when some of those criticisms were a little bit stronger, he's 19, 20, 21. Now he's 22. And I can't help but think that he's going to be even better and more consistent and more impactful when he's 24. I keep saying this, and I don't know if Denver's going to be able to wait it out, but I want them to. I want them to have a guy like this who can switch and be consistent and grab rebounds when needed, but most of the time he's just filling a defensive role. And he seems very willing to do that. So shout out to Zeke. Always jump, never duck, never get out of the way of the poster. If it happens, it happens. The most important thing is that Denver won the game and they helped win it because of you. So really good stuff from Zeke Nagy. And finally, Vlako Chanchar. Only 16 minutes tonight. He played the fewest of any of Denver's guys. Really even bench distribution and, and starter distribution in terms of minutes. Murray played 39, but nobody else played more than 32. Bruce Brown plays 25. Bones plays 20. Zeke plays 19. Flacco plays 16. Really interesting to see the bench splits like that. It's usually a little bit less in terms of, okay, you'll have a guy play 12 minutes or 10 minutes or 8 minutes or 14 minutes or something like that. Denver's guys played tonight, and everybody was a part of this win, including Vlaco, who did not have his best game. I thought that Vlaco made some bad reads. I thought that he made some bad defensive plays in general, but hit the only three that he attempted, hit both free throws that he attempted, had four rebounds, had a steal, and honestly, I mean, he was only a minus four. That didn't kill Denver. Denver was good in all of the other minutes. And if they're only going to be minus four in the worst minutes on the team, that's good. That's fine. There ain't anything wrong with that at all. So I'm excited to see what this Nuggets team continues to turn into because this seems like a really great place for Denver to be in general with this bench unit. I know that like DeAndre Jordan's probably going to go back to the bench, but it seems like this group, including this bench group, has found ways to be consistent and impactful in ways that I did not expect. I thought that they'd have to go bigger. I thought they'd have to play Christian Brown a little bit more at the three. I thought that they might have to make a trade. Maybe they still do that. There's no doubt that they could. But right now, the bench, the plus minuses on the bench were as follows. Bones at plus one. Bruce Brown at plus seven. Vlaco at minus four. Zeke Nagy at net neutral. That's pretty good. Honestly, like Jokic is always going to be like plus 10 anyway, so who cares? 
who cares? If you're in a situation on the road like this and this is what the plus minus is always going to look like, fantastic. Denver's going to work with that. They're going to win a lot of games this way. That's for sure. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss why self-belief in this group is such a big, big deal. We'll be right back. We're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this one up by just talking about who these nuggets are. 29 and 13 record, five wins in a row, first place in the Western Conference. That's what I've got written down at the bottom. I think it's important to address it like that. Not like, okay, Nikola Jokic is going to win MVP, or Jamal Murray is back, or Michael Porter is getting his legs back, things like that. It's more of just the Nuggets as a team, where they have come together now over the course of this last month or so and played the best basketball that I think I've ever seen the Nuggets franchise play. That is not hyperbole. They are in this situation, playing this way together, and usually it's because of Nikola Jokic, right? Usually it's because the way that he wants to play, the way that he decides he's going to do something will ultimately manifest into wins, will ultimately ultimately manifest into good minutes that will set Denver up to win games. Tonight, to be able to do it without Nikola Jokic, on the road, against the Los Angeles Clippers, who I know people are going to have their, their takes. I know people are going to probably say stuff about the Clippers. I'm here to tell you, the Clippers are good, and Kawhi Leonard is the reason why. When he plays, They're generally really good. And so Denver doing this in this situation without Nikola Jokic is such a big deal. This was a hard-fought win against a good team. And to see the team do that without their MVP is crucial. I want to talk to you about the Warriors and why their formula, why their team, isn't entirely lost right now, even though Steph Curry was out for nearly a month. They had to find a way to win without Steph. Because they hadn't been winning without Steph, right? They had been in this situation where they were at the bottom of the standings, or pretty close to it in the Western Conference, not playing the best basketball that they could, and then Steph goes down. And then the Warriors get better. It took them a little bit. They had to figure some things out. But the Warriors without Steph Curry, I think, were 6-5. and And they won their last five or so in a row. That, to me, showcases a lot about their culture. Showcases a lot about who they are, what kind of team that they are. The infrastructure that they have with Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and, and now Jordan Poole. Those guys were able to make it work, and it took a little bit, but they figured some stuff out, and they're going to be a great team for the second half of the season because of it. Now, the Nuggets are a little bit different. They are a team in their their own situation where Denver has always had to rely on Jokic because of his style of play, because of how good he is, and because for a lot of the time, the roster was not as strong as it is right now. But Denver has built up a really strong roster. 
Nikola Jokic is a fantastic player, and he can do a lot of crazy things on his own. But we've seen what that ceiling is. We've seen that that only gets you so far. It only gets you five games against the Golden State Warriors. You need more than that. You need a long playoff run. And in order to do that, you have to be successful in all of the minutes, not just picking and choosing the minutes that Jokic is on the floor. Because a team like the Warriors is well-equipped to counteract that. Not everybody is. Not every team can do what the Warriors did. But the Warriors certainly did. They found a way. And you better believe that other teams would find a way if Denver didn't also have better personnel right now. The Nuggets have to believe that they can win without Jokic, or they can win the minutes without Jokic. They know that Jokic is at the center of everything. Let's be, let's be clear about that. Jokic is in line to win his third straight MVP award. He is a historically great player. But what makes teams like the Warriors and, I don't know, the Spurs, the Raptors when they won, the Bucks when they won with Giannis, is that those guys, they have their stars and that formula, but you have to build a consistent formula that works around the minutes that also don't have those stars on the floor. Denver struggled with that, obviously. They've had to figure some things out, but what we've seen over the course of this season is Jamal Murray finding some rhythm with Bones Highland, with Bruce Brown, with Vlako Chanchar, with Zeke Naji. And that bench unit has now become an asset as opposed to a liability. They've been able to make it work. And it's not just Murray. Like Bones is finding his own way. He's going to be a better player in the second half of the season than he was in the first half. I believe that. That's what happens when you're a young player most of the time. Bruce Brown, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but he seems like a guy who will continue to build upon himself as opposed to just being the version that has been going for the first half of the year. And a guy like Michael Porter, for example, who isn't really staggering with the bench right now, but in these minutes that he just played tonight without Nikola Jokic, he was able to do some really impressive things. I saw his drives. I thought his takes off the dribble in late game situations going up against Marcus Morris, that's a really, really impressive thing that the Nuggets have not had, at least not consistently. They had Aaron Gordon last year. They had a version of KCP last year that wasn't as good as KCP. Now they have KCP, and he's been great. He's been fantastic. The league leader in three-point percentage. That's insane. You cannot be overly reliant on anybody. The Nuggets have been reliant on Jokic for a long time. But Michael Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, whoever you want to talk about, you cannot be overly reliant on your superstar because there are always going to be moments within a championship run where other people have to step up, where they have to make plays. If somebody gets doubled at the wrong time, the ball swings to the open man, that player has to have enough confidence and enough responsibility to be able to knock it down. If they're never expected to do to do that in the regular season, how could you ever believe that they would do it in the playoffs? You got to practice these things. 
You have to work out the kinks. You have to figure out what works. The Nuggets have been in this situation. Finding what works over the course of the first half of the season. And it's great to see that the first game of the second half of the season looks way better than what looked like on game one. You remember what happened on game one when Jokic went off the floor? Denver was a disaster. They were a complete tire fire. And it was horrible. I was there. That was the Utah opener in Salt Lake City. It was horrible. And Murray and Porter were not great. They were still trying to find their way. Now, those guys are impacting the game. And it's not just with their scoring. It's with their defense. It's with their passing. It's with their rebounding. These guys have found ways to make a holistic impact on the team. And it's that level that those guys have reached that gives me belief in the group, but it should also give the Nuggets some self-belief. And that matters more than anything. You have to believe that you are going to be a title contender. You have to believe that you're going to win. I think that the Nuggets think that they can win. It's taken a little bit here. They've been pretty coy in terms of the actual amount that they are going to say about how good they think they can be. I think the defense being as bad as it was at the beginning of the season also put a tamper on that. They were just trying to get through tomorrow. They were just trying to get through the next day. It was always going to be one game at a time. But now the Nuggets have gotten themselves into a rhythm where they can start thinking about more than just this game, more than just the next game. They can start prepping for the playoffs, knowing how good they are. They don't necessarily have to think too far ahead or or just completely abandon the regular season. But this is a time now where they can work on what they need to work on. And this was a great first game of the second half to be able to do that. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you're listening on YouTube, that's great. If you're not, uh, I have the YouTube up now. It's on Mile High Sports. Make sure to go look up Mile High Sports on the YouTube channel. This will be uploaded there. Maybe not immediately, but in the uh, next 12 hours, basically, after this podcast gets uploaded onto Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I will be back on Monday to discuss Denver's Sunday game against the Orlando Magic. Should be great. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, as always. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.